again, we're talking about keeping God first. We're talking about staying healthy and uh, ministering to our own families. Amen. First um, Thessalonians five seventeen is where we're going. So let's get cracking. And uh, this message doesn't take that long, so you guys will be uh, ready to get out of here shortly. And is anybody raise your hand if you're in a one horse open sleigh right now? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, talking about keeping God first. And I just kind of said stay close to God. Because um, in this weather, it's cool to stay close to uh, your spouse so you can stay warm and keep your coat on and all that stuff. And um, All the cattle are kind of huddling up. And uh, Pastor Aaron told me that in my, in my farm this morning it was minus 33 Degrees wind chill. So uh, the cattle are huddled up, horses in the barn, and uh, we're here in the sanctuary uh, giving praise to the Lord. Amen. I'm excited about being here today. I love, I love, uh, I love having church. I love everything that the church stands for. I love its people. Uh, and then, can we pray for a movement of the Holy Spirit here? Let's just do that, Lord. We just pray for a movement of the Holy Ghost here today. We're done with uh, we're done with uh, the holidays right now, Lord God, and we're ready to move into a new year. And we want we want you to come in this new year with us and our families in Jesus' name, Amen. One of the ways we can stay close to the Lord is pray without ceasing. That's what it says in First Thessalonians five seventeen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of sandwich this chapter together. We're gonna go back and go back through it. The Apostle Paul. Um, is writing to the church in Thessalonica. Um, he is talking about, so he's talking about this topic here right after he talks about the rapture and then the day of the Lord. So if you're to go back uh, to chapter 4 and looking in about verse 13, do a little homework today because I know none of you guys are going to go outside. You're like, Pastor, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do the homework because I was outside all day. Look at your neighbor and go, no, you ain't. There ain't no reason you can't write this down. I'll bet the internet's gonna go like crazy. Everybody's scrolling through, looking at their phone and and all that. So do that, and maybe you could do that on your phone. So go ahead and do that. So the apostle Paul's talking about the uh, rapture in 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 four. So I want you to know that the rapture is not the second coming. And I know you guys are all biblically astute, and you know all the all things Bible, but. Rapture and the second coming are two different uh, events. So go back up there and you just look at it and he, he talks about uh, being caught up in the air. That's how you separate that. So being caught up in the air is different than Jesus coming back. We're caught up in the air. So if you're born again, when Jesus raptures up the church, you will leave wherever you're at and just go straight into the sky. And, that, and that's it. You know, you won't be down here. Uh, for all the goings on, you know, when he comes back. But we're going to come back with him and view all the things that are going on. And we know there's going to be battles and all these different things going on. And just be glad that you're saved. Amen? That'll be important to be saved. Um, yeah, and so if you haven't been saved, get saved uh, here in 2024. And when the roll is called up yonder, you'll be uh, in, in, the, in the 
sky with the saints. Amen? That's kind of a good place to be. All right, so we're going to creep back into 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. Uh, and this is right after he talks about the second coming. So it's the rapture in chapter 4, second coming in chapter 5. Then we move to verse 12. Here we go. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of the work. Be at peace among yourselves. That's the problem in America. We're looking for peace. We're looking for new drugs. We're looking for more alcohol. We're looking for more sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But none of this stuff works until you have peace in your own life. All, all is well with my soul. You can't watch enough TV or smoke enough dope to have peace like you can when you are born again. And continually draw near to the Lord. He'll draw near to you. You'll feel more peace, more comfort, and more direction for your life. And watch this, more purpose. I know what my purpose is now. It's to serve God. And through when I serve God, I'm serving people, and it goes vice versa. Amen? So uh, have peace uh, in your own heart. And you know, let me say this, because I didn't say this in the last service, because I didn't like them people, but... Um, I'm just kidding. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll know if somebody has peace. You'll know if somebody has peace in their life by the way they talk. Some people just can't be happy. Let's just stay here for a second. Look at me. Some people just can't be happy. Every single solitary thing that comes out of their mouth is negative. And that's what they're putting inside their bodies. They're mad about their job. They're mad. I'm just happy I'm in a warm building today. Somebody say amen. And, and, and I'm grateful by the way I'm preaching and by the way I'm speaking and by the way I'm sharing the love of God with everybody. Amen? I mean, nobody wants to come to a church that's got a bunch of grouches in it, do they? Well, welcome to have Bible. I'll bet you'll never come back. <laughs> Amen? Well, we do meet and greet time. Everybody's like, man, I don't feel like talking to you, man. We're happy that we're here and we're saved and we're not going to hell. So do the I'm not going to hell happy dance. Amen? Hey, hey. I don't know. I'm just excited about the Lord. Um, be at peace uh, among yourselves. Verse 14. So I'm getting close to God. And we urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them, see that no one, watch this, read this with 15 with me. One, two, three, go. See that no one. Oh, he's going to get it. He's going to get it because he did it to me. He said, don't repay evil for evil. Just because somebody's did evil to you don't mean you got to turn around and be as nasty as they are. <laughs> Just say this to me. Say, I'd like to. I'd like to smack the mess out of that. I'd like to smack the taste out of his mouth right now. See, back when my, 
mom was raising me, you could do that. I mean, just reach across. I used to go to church, and she'd just go ahead and lay out in church. Me and my brother would, like, climb under the pews. We're like, oh, we're under here. We're bench pressing, doing all kinds of stuff. She'd just reach over. She could go, like, three or four people deep and extend the hand. And just let you have it. Hallelujah. Ah, she's not coming back. She's in heaven, so. Uh, but I, I want to get over the evil for evil thing, for real. Don't put your hand on your hip. Evil for evil, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't advance the kingdom, and you're not showing Jesus by doing what they did to you. And, and watch this, and you don't actually feel better by doing it. In your subconscious, you go, if I could do that, I would feel, no, you wouldn't. You go, why in the world am I doing that? I'm born again. I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be talking. I shouldn't even be thinking like that. Revenge is the Lord's. If there needs to be some revenge, God will take care of it. Amen? Uh, let's move into where we want to move into here. Uh, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is will of the Lord. Uh, will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Last verse, do not quench the spirit. So if somebody's having a good time at church, don't try to throw a wet blanket on it. If they're, if they're shouting Jesus, don't get mad over it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get mad. And I told this church before, don't get mad because I got a nice John Deere shirt on. Don't get mad. Don't look at me and go, don't get mad at me because you ain't got one. You can go buy one. Here's the deal. If you're excited about being at church, be excited. And, and, and if somebody ain't excited, maybe your excitement will, will rub off on them. I'm a, just, Rick, I'm just happy I'm healthy. Raise your hand. And just, just get out. I'm happy I'm healthy. Amen. And I told you before, for young people, getting gray hair and being old ain't for sissies. We put in a lot of work here. Do this at least. I mean, I feel like I've achieved something after these many years. I'm going to pray. You guys aren't listening. Let's go. Lord, we know that getting old ain't for sissies. We love you, Lord, and we're praying for the offering today. We're praying for a, a movement of the Spirit. Uh, we may not all have it together, but we know one thing, that Jesus still saves. And he still loves us despite our, our shortcomings. So, Lord God, sanctify us. Continue to do your work in our lives. And bless the offering today in Jesus' name. Amen. Applaud the Lord. Let the basket come by. And you all that are out there can give online. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn with me into Hebrews chapter 10. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about what Hebrews is about. Um, so Hebrews is, is the Apostle Paul writing to the church. And he's addressing his Jewish friends who are still trying to keep the law, works-based salvation, continued sacrifices, and on and on and on. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time in that, but that's what Hebrews is written for and about. Um, and and there's, there's more to it, but that's a, that's a summary. So here's some more homework for you. Um, you know, I'm doing some uh, I'm doing some classes and, and and doing some things, and I'm I'm doing some more and more in depth studies with some with some friends, um, and uh, 
I'm starting to like studying. I never did like studying, uh, and I just didn't like book. I just didn't like anything. Can I just say that? It's just I'm being honest, Berger. I'm just going. I'm doing. I'm. In, I'm in these classes uh, with Send organization. That they're one, they're the most wonderful people in the whole wide world. And uh, you know, when you have to do it, you can do it. Maybe that's maybe that's the breakthrough today. If you got to do it, you can do it. And you think it in your mind, I don't think I could ever do that. Well, you'd be surprised what you could do if you invite God in on that plan. New year, new plan. What the heck? I'm thinking about losing some weight. Just say you can. I can't by the way I ate last night. I want to lose weight, but I don't want to give up the food. I'm being honest, so my wife... My wife parades her stuff around in the front room last night. Her box of raisin bran. She bought like two or three for the kids and whatever, and they're not eating. And she goes, uh, do you like this? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, I got home from church last night. I poured a couple of bowls like Jimmy Crack Corn. And then that, that kind of teases your appetite. After you got a couple bowls underneath you and you're ready to go, I, mean, I broke out the peanut butter and the, and the crackers. And it's being peanut butter, where I'm doing it for the protein. <laughs> I'm going to finish and I'll get back to preach. And I thought, well, while the peanut butter's out, she also has some chocolates out there. And there's nothing like peanut butter on chocolate. And then if you're going to have that, you might as well have another glass of milk. I poured another glass of milk, and then this. Then I, so at this time, I'm already half a gallon in. Just wave your finger at me and go, you ain't going to lose any weight, dude. And I had another half glass, and then I shut her down. And you thought you had an issue at your house. I'd have been fine if she wouldn't have paraded the box of Raisin Bran through. It's all her fault. She like blaming your shortcomings on other people. Makes me feel good, I'll tell you that. Hebrews 10, 25. We'll read it and I'll explain everything. And I won't think about food, maybe, I don't know. Uh, not neglecting meeting together as, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Day meaning capital D-A-Y, day. So here's the Apostle Paul talking about people who have gotten out of the habit of coming to church. We can make up all kinds of excuses why not to be in church. All kind, we got a litany of them. You know, it's this, that's the dog and the whole thing, and it's cold, and it's the, all this, and that's good. Some are good, some are bad, some are just things we throw up there. Uh, he said, it's fine to miss, but don't get in the habit of missing. Amen? It's okay if you miss. You're on vacation and you, you don't want to slip on the ice. Don't do that. I tell people, hey, if it's bad weather or you you got health issues and, and stuff like that, don't come out in the weather. Don't come out and slip and fall and get hurt over it. Don't do that. You you have to rate that risk. I'll Watch this. I'll always be open here at church. You want to come, it'll always be open. You can take that to the bank. Uh, but but don't get in a habit and then like next time go, it's well, Pastor, I didn't come because it was like raining out. 
Amen. Uh, so I'm going to go back to 10.1, and then we're going to slowly kind of creep into this in, in, in the Apostle Paul uh, talking to his Hebrew friends about how Jesus basically is the fulfillment of the law and all that and in the, in the, in the sacrifices. We don't have to do that anymore. Here we go, 10.1, and I'll explain as we go. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things, so he's talking about the old covenant, the old law, of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. So he's saying all these sacrifices that are done day after day, year after year, uh, they can never finally pay the price for your sin and mine. So if he's living in the Old Testament or he's talking to his Jewish friends, he said, I want you to know the law was there to point out your sin, not deliver you from sin. And if you see these priests that continually had to go for all the sins of the world, all the people would probably be going, hey, when are you going to send the remedy for our sin issue? And God said, I'll send him at the right time. And his name is Jesus and his title's the Christ. He'll come in time, and he's, Lamonis is going to come back at the proper time, too. So all you're waiting and all you're looking at the TV goes, oh, Jesus has got to come back. He'll come back at the right time, not too early and not too late. He knows exactly what's going on in the world today. I'm sure he's rolling his eyes the same way you and I are. Amen? And maybe even tapping his finger or his foot on the, on the proverbial floor, if you would. Um. So let's talk about this. So now we can see how bad, how, how bad of sinners we actually are. Verse 2, otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered. So what he's saying is after that sacrifice was done and that sin was covered. See, remember Old Testament blood covered it. The New Testament uh, blood by Jesus removed it. And he says, he shows that that was would have paid the atonement, he said we wouldn't have to come back and sacrifice anymore. Since the worshipers have been cleansed, would no longer have any conscience of sin, question mark. And then verse 4 says this. Read this with me. One, two, three, go. For it is in, for the blood. It's impossible. It's impossible to, to be in the sanctuary after all the sacrifices were done and the blood was as high as a kneecap. All the blood, all the prayers, all the this, all the that, all the, the social media, all the things and all the government programs, all of them are not sufficient to remove the sin counted against you until Jesus came. So if you've been saved, you've got a lot to be thankful for today, amen? Because they've been working hard to try to remedy this sin issue. And we still are to this day. People just don't talk about Jesus the way they used to. We all know what the real problem is in the world as Christians. It, it's sin in the world. Amen. It's, it, it has to be remedied. You have to be born again. And, it, and if we believe we have been delivered from sin, we ought to share the good news with everybody out there. Hallelujah. Let's slide down to verse 11. It says, and every priest, so that's somebody who, who's officially representing the Lord, stands daily at his service, 
offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. I just talk about that. Remember the habitual things that we do over and over again. And sometimes at night when you've done them, you swear. When you get up in the morning, you won't do them again. Then you end up doing them again, kind of like me eating. You know, like, oh, tonight, well, here's the deal tonight. There's no way I'm, do you ever do the, my wife's on like the 11 to 6 or 11 to, 11 to 7. You can eat in the 11 to 7 hour. Eh, that don't work for me. And, and she would repeatedly tell me, uh, I was like, you know, we're driving home from Moscow. And I said, uh, I said, babe, what are we going to eat when we go? She goes, it's 7.15. I'm not eating. I'm going. So what about 15 minutes? God's giving you drive time. That's how I rationalize it. We can rationalize. Watch me now. People, we can rationalize everything to make it play in our favor if we want it. Oh, man, I'm going to come and mow your lawn. If we want it bad enough, we can rationalize it. But the standard will still be held by Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. His work is done and yours just began. You can applaud if you want to. That's good preaching. Boy, sin's getting in the way, isn't it? Dang it. But when, uh, verse 12, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, what does it say? He sat down at the right hand of God. Sitting down at the right hand of God means it's a place of honor. All the work he has done has been done. Now it's your turn. He left the Holy Spirit, and when you got born again, you were sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to baptize you in his goodness today in the power of his Holy Spirit and start doing his work. So if you're saved, go out and tell others uh, why they need to be saved too as well. Amen? Slide to verse 19. We'll start bringing some of this home. So our goal is to stay closer to the Lord, and we know it's not going to be by works. It's not going to be by works that we stay closer to the Lord. We'll do works because we are saved. We don't do works to get saved. Amen? When I do good works, I'm not trying to get saved. I'm just doing good works because that's what I believe God wants me to do. Amen? Therefore, brothers, I'm in, I'm in 19, 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, so before there was no way we could access into the holiest of holies. Only the high priest on the, on the day of atonement when he went behind the veil could, could reach God Almighty. Now you can through the blood of Jesus. That's the only reason you should be there, and that's the only, and that's the only way you can get there is through the blood of Jesus. Amen. By the new and living way that he opened up through us, the curtain that is through his flesh. So it used to be a physical curtain. Now it's the flesh of Jesus Christ while you have access there. Amen. So when I get into, into prayer and I, and I get into the holiest of holies, it's through the blood of Jesus that I have access there. So when God Almighty says, How, why should I listen to your prayers? I'm covered under the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Please hear me today. Amen. They don't just, it's not like praying to a rock or a, or, or, or a wooden statue or a cow. Why would anybody pray to something dead that could do nothing for you? Our Jesus Christ is alive and well, and he's, he's moving on our behalf. He's alive and well, and, and he hears our prayer. Don't worship something dead. Don't worship something's dead. Don't worship a piece of wood. 
Don't worship a statue on top of a building. Don't worship a human being. Worship Christ Almighty who has saved your soul and died on the cross for your sin. Hey, hey. I was talking to a friend of mine last night. Uh, we are talking about my dad. He said, isn't it cool? And he, he goes to this church. He said, wasn't it cool to watch your dad get saved at your church? It's so cool to watch anybody get saved, especially a family member. Oh, my gosh. Do you know the power of God when he draws someone to the altar and draws him himself to that person and they get saved it's the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to somebody why wouldn't we want to tell everybody about what God has done in our hearts and he's done in our lives surely our family should be first shouldn't it I mean our, our, our closest family we should tell about it you have to get saved you have to come to my church you have to hear this message or, or get them in a word church where they're preaching the word of God and salvation through the blood of Jesus amen Verse 21, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, obviously he's talking about Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. So we need to hold on to this, this hope that we have. Amen? We hold on to this hope and and, and, and I told you, hope and faith are like cousins. They're like, they're like kinfolk. And, and, and this hope and this faith is, is something that we can't uh, naturally see, but we can feel in our spirit. Amen? It's kind of like plugging this morning. You guys probably plugged your heater in, in your, uh, in your room, an extra floor heater somewhere. And if you're a girl and you're working in an office, I guarantee you got one under your desk. All girls all across America right now, they're working on Monday. They're going to have a, if they don't have one, they're going to buy one, and they're going to plug it in. When they plug it in, they have faith that the electric company sent an electric to that outlet so they could warm their feet. Here's the deal. You can't see electric, but you know it's working by the results of it. The same way faith is you can't see it or feel it, but you know it's working because you're at church here on Sunday morning when it's five below. Look at your neighbor and say, that's right. I know it's working because I'm here and it's five below. You know what? The only thing that used to be able to get you guys out of the house at five below was a New Year's Eve party. Say it with me. All you can drink. 20 bucks you could come out of there with a slobber knocker. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, oh. It's rain. It's snowing three feet. So what? Let's go. Amen. Don't you wish people had the same passion about going to church as they did going to the tavern? Or they had the same passion about going to church as they do the football games that are out there? They could be standing out there five below, not even have a shirt on. Look at your neighbor and say, that dude's crazy. Wouldn't you like to be crazy for Jesus? They, they, they could look at it, like I said, Whaley's crazy for Jesus. Kathy's crazy for Jesus. 
Randy and Elizabeth, they're, they're nuts over Jesus. Amen. Wouldn't you like to be known as that? Be labeled as that. I identify as crazy for Christ. Hashtag somebody. Amen. Don't act like I ain't preaching right tonight or today. Go ahead and rise up with me. We'll, we're getting, we're creeping up. We're about two verses away. Everybody take a drink real quick. You can play a little bit of music there for a second, Bob. I'll get, get warmed up here now. And we'll, we'll bring the house lights down just for, just for a second for the people that are at home so they can see them a little better. He said, uh, let us hold fast with a confession of hope. And I talked to you about hope. Hopefully I did it well. Faith and hope, they're, they're kin. Can't see it, but we're trusting in it. So I'm not going to waver just because I can't see it and just because I don't believe it's working. It doesn't mean I ain't going to keep coming to church. God will work when it's time to work. You're, and you're all, oh, I hope he does it. I hope he delivers my wife or delivers my husband or I hope he straightens out my kids. Here's the deal. What he's trying to do today, dear ma'am or dear sir, he's trying to straighten you out first. Amen. And I know you, me? Do that with me. Just uh, me? I, I'm doing, uh, Laura, I'm doing pretty good, huh? I'm a big preacher up here. You're a preacher up here. See, preaching the gospel is easy. Living it's hard. I can come up here and preach all day, but I got to go out there and live it just like you guys do. And there's always somebody out there ready to say something to me. Oh, oh, watch it. Watch it. Gotta watch it. People like to jump on you if you make a mistake. Are they Christians? Christians shouldn't jump on somebody because you made a mistake. They should pray for you and 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 love you and pull them in the fold. I don't I don't jump on people's case because they made a mistake. Show me a person that ain't made a mistake, and I'll show you somebody that ain't ever done any dang thing. I'd rather have somebody make a mistake than somebody stand there like a, a bump on a log. Did I tell this church that that's that's what apprentices usually do when you're breaking them into the trade. We called them cubs. But what am I supposed to be doing? I said, not that. God's okay if you make mistakes. That's why I sent his son Jesus for any mistake you made and, and upcoming mistakes. And let us consider how to stir one other up to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as some have been in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after we have the knowledge of truth, there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment. There's a big difference in deliberate sin, habitual sin. Deliberately sinning, just what you do is you tell God, say, hey, I've been born again. Oh, you don't want to hear this, do you? You want to hear this? I don't want to hear little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest. It's 
sprinkling fairy dust. Where's that message at? I don't have that message today. If we go on deliberately sinning, that means you're, you're born again. Miss Chittenden, you just go, you know what? I don't care what God says. Hold on, burger. You don't, you don't care what God said? Is that what you said? Woe is me. Can you imagine that prayer? Getting up to the throne room and God hearing that? What would your dad... Hmm. <laughs> Hold on, Brad. Let me help you. When you was growing up, what would your dad say if you was in the bedroom with your brothers and you said... We're gonna, we don't care what dad says. We're going to ride our motorcycles anyway through the fields. He'd go, what'd you say, son? He'd beat you like a rented mule. And you would deserve it for talking back like that. But here's the deal with God. God loves you too much. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. And he looks down on somebody talking smack like that. He, said, he probably said, man, he, he needs, we, we, need to, we need to send him to church more. He needs to be around some, some mature brothers and sisters in Christ so he quits habitually, intentionally, willfully sinning against my son because he paid the ultimate price at Calvary. Here's the deal, Elizabeth. Once you get saved, you don't want to sin against God. I'm not saying I don't. I don't want to. You ever been saved by the blood of Jesus? I'm just going to ask you right now in 2024. It's cold outside, but it's hot in hell. Hey, let's be honest. We want to warm up, but we don't want to be in the lake of fire. Amen. Gets kind of kind of balmy down there. I'm going to have my brother Brad and my brother Terry come right here, and I'm just going to pray a prayer and you be ready for somebody to move here. I'm going to ask you this question. I want your eyes to be closed. And, do you, and, and, and I was listening to bot radio this morning, and they were asking this guy, they said, do you, rem do you remember when you got saved? He said, yeah, I do. I remember I was six years old, this one guy said. He said, I remember. He lived in a Christian household, Terry, so he knew about Jesus all the time. And these people was getting saved at this teenage camp. And he laid his head on it. See, that's the problem. Everybody's got to lay their head on a pillow at night. And he laid his head on the pillow that night, and he, he said, I know I ain't saved, God. I haven't been born again. And he gave his life to Jesus. He called his mom in there, and she got down by the by the bed and she grabbed a Bible you know what a Bible is it's basic instruction before leaving earth an instruction manual and knelt down by her son and he prayed and he received Jesus do you remember that day when you got saved maybe you didn't get saved right there at the bed or hospital or whatever or church maybe you didn't walk an aisle maybe you was driving down the road in your pickup truck or you was in your on your motorcycle I remember that one day after I've been saved I was driving down the road down in Earth City, and uh, my buddy sent me a text. I could feel it vibrating on the, and I, I got off my motorcycle. He said, look up at the sky. 
And in the, in the sky, there was a big cave with the light of Jesus shining right through. It was right after my daughter died, and I put, I got off my motorcycle. And I began to weep. And he said, I thought of you when I seen you. Do you remember that day that that warm sunshine was shining down on your face when you got saved? You remember that day? I do. I was transformed, Jerry. I was transformed. Do you have that memory? Does that, do you all have that memory? What about at home? Do you all have that memory? And if you haven't raised your hand, maybe, maybe you ain't had that memory yet. I, I don't remember, Pastor, when I got saved. I can't, I can't recall. Well, you're at the right service then. You can get saved today. Just raise your hand where you're at. I want to pray for you and invite Jesus into your life. Just say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want you to save me. Save my soul. Ask him right where you're at. Save my soul. I see you there, young man. I see you. Do you believe that Jesus still saves? I do. He can save somebody like lickety split. And, and then it's like he reaches his big giant hand out and he snatches you out of the clutches of the devil. And then after you get saved, you want me to tell you something? Brother Brad, it's the best day of your life. That young man right there, this is the best day of your life, giving your life to Jesus. His, his, his life will never be the same. I had a preacher tell me this one time. He says, how can you say that you could come into the, into the presence of the holiest of holies and not be changed? I've been saved by the, by the blood of Jesus. Why shouldn't I shout? Why shouldn't I get excited? And here's one for the saints before we close it up today. How would you like to have the opportunity to repent of 2023 and start a new 2024? If that's you, I want you to just come down here. I don't even want you to look around. One, two, three, just start making your way down. Just come down, and we're going to pray together. Just say, you know what, I'm leaving 2023 behind. And then we're going to do a two-minute testimony here. I'm going to have my brother Brad and Terry and all the rest of my deacons and pastors pray for you. They're going to put hands on you. You can... You know that you can you can leave that mess behind? Wouldn't you like to leave the mess behind? What a mess sometimes things are, aren't they? They're just a dang mess, ain't they? So, Lord, all these brothers and sisters that are here today, and this young man here right here that just gave his life to you, Lord, I love these people. They're honest. They're, they're church-going people. They're working people. They want to forget 2023 and, and, and the bondages and shackles that the devil has cast on them. And pray that their, their heart is transformed and, and beaten like yours. And Father God, I pray that they continually do your bidding until you come back to get them. So Lord God, do your handiwork here today in 2024. In the mighty name of Jesus, God's people said amen.